0: Mark Sweeney, and this is I'm the Gun's Reboot Review, number five. Reboot Review is a podcast devoted to DC Comics' Legion of Superheroes. This team has such a long history dating back to the late 1950s, but the focus of this show is the reboot years, a time when the entire concept of a team of super-powered young people from different worlds protecting and inspiring a galaxy was reimagined. This version of the team was regularly published between 1994 and 2004, a solid decade of future super-teen action. At this time, the Legion appeared in two monthly titles simultaneously, its story weaving in and out of Legion of Superheroes and Legionnaires. So each episode of this podcast, will look at one issue of each. This time out, we'll be going through Legion of Superheroes number sixty-five and Legionnaires number twenty-two, both cover dated February nineteen ninety-five. I've been at this for a couple of months now, and I'm feeling a little more confident behind the mic, but I'm still trying to improve each time out. One thing I've been neglecting and really spotty about are the story titles for each issue. Sometimes I remember, but I feel I've left them out of many episodes of the show and. Also, out of my other podcast thread, Shanna Showcase, which does for Marvel's Greatest Jungle Queen what this show does for the Legion. I guess I've never really paid much attention to story titles. It's always been the title on the cover of the book that's meant more to me, but I'll be trying to do a better job of providing story titles going forward. So with that, Legion of Superhero number 65 story, Breakout! is by writers Mark Wade and Tom McCraw, with a plot assist from Tom Pyre. It's illustrated by the team of Lee Motor and Ron Boyd, colored by McCraw, lettered by Bob Panaha, and edited by Mike McAveney and Casey Carlson. cover is, I think, by Stuart Immonen, and this would sadly be his last work on the title. The art in this issue is fantastic. I've had some problems with the drawing in previous issues Lee Motor must have been having some uh, deadline problems and he was capable of penciling only parts of the previous couple of issues and this was frustrating as a reader as his style I think is so well suited for the Legion his characters are expressive and his line work is just detailed enough it was a very smooth transition to his work from the previous regular artist which was Stuart Eminent. This issue picks up a pretty thrilling cliffhanger. The Legion has come to Planet Hell, a prison world located in the center of a star. The magnetic tunnel, which allowed entry and exit, had broken down, and Legionnaire Brainiac Five had been tasked with fixing the problem. But upon arrival, the team found a lone staff member, the apparent warden, who had seemed a little unhinged. While half the Legionnaires looked into restoring the entryway, a ship arrives and bombs the prison's power grid. This left the other half of the team only 10 seconds before all 10,000 cells open and matter of the 10,000 prisoners that are about to escape. As the seconds tick by, several ships accompanying the bomber land on the prison. The warden, called Burrak takes the opportunity to run from the legionnaires, including Invisible Kid, XS, Saturn Girl, Triad, and Leviathan. Burak runs away laughing maniacally. The cell doors open and dozens of creeps swarm over the team. They use their bulky, awkward jetpacks to temporarily avoid harm, and Invisible Kid flexes a little leadership muscle and sends Excess to check after their teammates, who are feared at the very least injured by the bombing. Excess races to the bomb site and finds apparition, Spark, Brainiac Five, and Chameleon alive thanks to Team Leader Cosmic Boy's quick action, shielding the others magnetically with some metal sheeting. They piece together that the Warden probably isn't who they've been led to believe, and Brainiac, who's just figured this all out himself, kind of harshly and under his breath calls his teammates cretins. This is an example of the personality clash that Brainiac will have with his fellow Legionnaires who, at his core, he believes to be inferior. I kind of enjoy this new attitude for Brainy, but I can't speak for his teammates. I'm planning on a Legionnaire spotlight on Brainiac soon, where I'll talk a little bit more about the evolution of his character. Anyway, the team experiences some problems with their jetpacks, which were supplied by the annoying Athromites, some Jawa-looking beings that were hired by the United Planets as Legion image consultants. They end up ditching the jetpacks and ride on sheets of metal that are. Cosmic Boy magnetically powered. They ride these sheets of metal through the air and reunite with their teammates. The rest of the team learns that the ships that have just arrived are empty apart from the weapons recently stolen from a science police stronghold. And the ships are here for the sole purpose of arming and transporting escapees off-world. Now, I'm not sure if it's Heatstroke, but Leviathan... Growing 20 feet high concocts the extreme plan of destroying all the ships, even their own, which he feels is the only surefire way of shutting down the escape. Invisible Kid isn't too sure this is the sanest approach, as Burrak attempts an interplanetary communication with a mysterious group of masters. It was this group that arranged for the escape ships. The plan, in essence, is to get an instant army of angry prisoners Free and off-planet hell to do their bidding Burrack reveals that the plan Was at least five years in the making And the true warden Had sacrificed himself His last act was shutting down the exit tunnel The legionnaires outside Do their best against uh, pretty Overwhelming odds Invisible Kid has some success Covertly ripping off the prisoner's protective goggles Which are necessary to see Here in the middle of a star Things do turn a little sour but little help arrives in the form of Leland Macaulay's Workforce, who snuck in behind the escape ships. They have been on the trail of the stolen weapons since last issue, and Ultra Boy, Livewire, Evalvo, Spider Girl, Inferno, and Karate Kid disembark with a serious need for sunglasses. The atmospheric interference causes Macaulay's video feed to sputter, so Workforce is on its own, which comes as some relief at least to Ultra Boy. So united, the costumed teens tear into the prisoners, and Leviathan tears into Workforce's ship, which understandably pisses off Ultra Boy. During the melee, Ultra Boy makes eye contact with Apparition, and the two freeze for a moment. If only we could see their eyes through the goggles, I'd imagine there'd be a little sparkle effect like Davy Jones had in an old episode of the Monkees. The combined forces of the Legion and Workforce hold their own until... It dawns on the convicts to actually distribute all of the stolen weapons. In an outburst, Burrak draws attention to the visibly collapsing temporary tunnel, which is anyone's only means of escape. Provided Leviathan leaves any ships intact, simultaneously everyone notices an increase in the already considerable heat. Apparently, the earlier bombing has affected the built-in shields protecting the prison from the surrounding sun. By Brainiac 5's calculations, within four hours, the prison and everyone in it will be swallowed whole by the star. Cosmic Boy asks if the shields can be fixed, and Brainiac's response is, Does it matter? As the teens are all surrounded by thousands of armed convicts. We're told the story concludes in Legionnaires number 22, which follows directly. So as I said before, the motor-boyed art, this issue is great. The real strength of this team is facial expressions, and there's a lot to work with in this story, between Brainiac 5's disinterested smarm to Burak's face-straining insanity. Personalities of the Legionnaires continue to shine, and this is one area where I think the reboot trumps the earlier continuity. Leviathan's misguided sense of purpose bordering on self-sabotage and destroying not only the escapee ships, but not thinking legion's own. Invisible Kid's emerging leadership is just a hint of the personality that he never really had before he was killed off in the early 70s. And of course Brainiac 5, downright surly, this all adds a little contrast to the team dynamics and helps convince us that these are real people or beings that have in a way been thrust together doing their their best, in most cases, to, to get along. Legionnaires number 22, a story called Hard Time, is written by Tom Pyre with consultation from Wade and colorist Tom McCraw. It's penciled by Jeff Moy, inked by Tom Simmons, lettered by Pat Brousseau and edited by McAvenny and Carlson. Covers by Moy and inked by John Dell. This issue begins with the Legion and workforce surrounded by a horde of armed convicts led by a screaming burrak. Brainiac stays their execution, saying he's the only one capable of getting the generators back online, and he'll do so only on the condition that no one is harmed. He further demands assistance from a couple of teammates. Burak agrees, grudgingly, and Brainiac takes along Saturn Girl, Evolvo, and after a quick oral exam, Invisible Kid, who volunteers. At the site of the damaged shield, the group finds a complete disaster. Brainiac's even unsure at this point anything can be salvaged. Saturn Girl asks why she was chosen for this repair mission, and Brainiac coolly tells her to telepathically monitor the situation in the cell block. If the convicts violate their agreement, Brainiac will immediately cease work on the shields. Back at the cell block, we see that the Legion and workforce have been imprisoned, two to a cell. The Rand siblings, Live Wire and Spark, have been paired up and argue about Isla's presence on the team. Garth still feels slighted and wrongly, he blames his sister's acceptance of Legion membership for his no longer being on the team. Garth gives some interesting insights into the lightning powers. He claims that they don't work like XS's speed or Chameleon's shape-shifting, which and those are abilities which are just there and available for use. The lightning is something that needs to be controlled, it can be felt building inside, like anger, he says. XS peered up with Karate Kid, who, when pressed by Excess about work, his workforce situation, reveals that he doesn't let his overall low opinion of Leland Macaulay prevent him from accepting the job and the money that allows him to travel and work on his craft. Admittedly a selfish motivation, but for now, it works for him. While they talk, Karate Kid searches every inch of their cell force field for a a weak spot. In another cell, Chameleon with limited Interlac, which is the language spoken by most sentient beings in the 30th, 30th century, Tries to cheer up a, Chameleon tries to cheer up a cranky leviathan who lashes out, but has to stick his foot in it when Chameleon offers him a candy boar. Triad drew the short stick and shares a cell with the not-very-nice Inferno. Apparition hasn't been using her phasing powers, which would spare her the discomfort of the, the great heat. She's doing this out of deference to her cellmate, Cosmic Boy, who's sweating like a pig. though appreciative of the gesture, Cosmic Boy gives her leave to phase, which she does, claiming she wants to check on the others. She immediately, of course, checks on Ultra Boy, whom she catches in a compromising position with Spider Girl. Distraught, Apparition rushes back out through their cell wall, leaving a silent, embarrassed Ultra Boy and a completely unfazed Spider Girl who's ready for business. Back at the damaged shield generator, a frustrated Brainiac has about reached his limit. The group is surprised by Burrak, who followed them with a Legion jetpack. Aiming a blaster at Brainy, Burrak is about to pull the trigger but is interrupted by Invisible Kid who says he has an idea. Both Volvo and Brainiac poo-poo Lyle's idea, which we aren't privy to yet, it's not explained. Brainiac says it's unworkable. The earlier oral exam Brainiac gave the kid was it was a gibberish question. And Lyle's improvised answer made Brainiac think that the kid's imagination would be of some use, but Brainiac doesn't hide his disappointment. A desperate burrack and with his blaster pointed at Brainiac's temple convinces the group to give Lyle's plan a go. In the cell block, Karate Kid has found the weak spot in is in XS's cell door, and with a big hi ya kicks through. He starts beating on the convicts outside, though throughout the issue they've been shown taking out a few of their own. A certain level of unrest has definitely been ma- making its way through the ranks, and none of them seem to get along very well with each other. Saturn Girl senses this unrest remotely, which combined with the heat she claims is driving the mob insane. She approaches Burak with the plan that she can broadcast his calming thoughts you know, as the leader of this collective. And she puts this plan into action, though, perhaps under a little bit of protest from Burak. This turns out to be justified as Burak can't stifle his own thoughts about the convicts that the many species represented are malleable scum and are being used as pawns in their own overdue extinction. This seems to reference the earlier conversation between Burak and his masters. These convicts were to be the army of these mysterious masters who we may have met in a previous issue. The mob, feeling used and abused, set out to find Burak and, I don't know, dismember him Invisible Kid panics, saying his plan can't be interrupted, though. Evolvo, up to now about useless in his super-evolved intellectual form, offers to devolve, letting his more physically capable cave ape provide a little muscle should they need it. This is just in time as the mob arrives, as Invisible Kid puts his plan into action. Now, I've got to say, this plan is it's not satisfactorily explained. We see him connect the two ends of a cable, which apparently alters the prison force field's polarity, causing the entire world to actually repel from the star. When in doubt, I guess, you just reverse the polarity. You're a little weak as far as climaxes go, honestly, especially without any explanation of Lyle's plan until it's actually implemented. So, as Planet Hell unit field moves out of the sun convicts break through volvo's hastily erected barricade never the gentleman burak grabs saturn girl using her as a human shield though this doesn't phase the mob as they're just as soon shoot everyone just as the front line of convicts begins to pull their trigger invisible Kid adjust the force field and this contains contains the prisoners in a little bubble Back at the cell block, the remaining thousands of prisoners pause in awe of the clear open sky full of stars they haven't seen in years, and they just give themselves up to the dozen or so teenagers of the Legion and workforce. Cosmic Boy claims on the last page that a science police fleet is en route to mop up, and. uh A promising story and a deadly threat to the galaxy ends with kind of a whimper, though not before Kaz tries to checking in with Livewire, who in turn checks out, turning his back on the Legion and joining his workforce teammates. So yeah, a slightly disappointing finale to the Planet Hell story, despite some really nice character moments, especially between the imprisoned Legionnaires early in the issue. Inker Tom Simmons isn't a great match for Jeff Moy. Simmons doesn't have as much variety in his line work as Moy's regular partner, W. C. Karani. Too many of the ink lines carry the same weight, leaving the artwork uh, a little flat, in my opinion. I should mention that all the issues of the Legion reboot covered so far, up to this issue, have been collected in one of the very few trades of this era's Legion material. Legion of Superheroes, the beginning of tomorrow. Trade paperback collecting the first five issues of Legion of Superheroes and Legionnaires, including the number zero issues. This is long out of print, but Amazon's got it still for a few bucks. I think apart from two other trades, saying that off the top of my head, this entire run is pretty much uncollected, though. Most of the issues I just checked are... Available digitally on Comixology. I want to thank the Legion of Superbloggers, Eric and the Legion, Legion of Substitute Podcasters, and one of their member, Paul French, for the Twitter love. Uh, I'd love to talk Legion with anyone listening to this. You can leave a comment on my blog, imthegun.blogspot.com. There's a link there to Twitter and Tumblr. You can search iTunes for previous episodes of Reboot Review and my other podcast, Shanna Showcase, an ultra maxi series devoted to Marvel Comics Shanna the She-Devil. And I'll probably be back in a couple of weeks with a new reboot review. Next time up, the Legion will introduce three new members, and I can't wait to introduce them to you. So until then, LOL. Live on Legion we mm-hmm.